Welcome to the Gingsburg Podcast. After today's message, take a sec and download the Gingsburg app. It's the best way to find out about and engage with what's happening at Gingsburg. We hope the following message helps you activate your faith and take the next step with your journey with Jesus. Good morning, Gingsburg Church. Good morning, Kaylee. Uh, good morning, guys. I want to welcome everyone who is with us today and with those worshiping with us online. Uh, my name is Jaden, and I am the Gingsburg Kids Director. And I have the responsibility. Yeah. Woo-hoo! Yeah. I have the great responsibility today of wrapping up our three-week series that is all about prayer. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a refresher, maybe if you missed it. Week one of the series, Pastor Dennis gave us the message on persistent prayer and that God doesn't answer our prayers just to shut us up. Rather, prayer is the foundation of our communication with God. And last week, Pastor Dennis also taught us to pray dangerous prayers. God wants to do more than to bless your Big Mac before you eat lunch. And we were encouraged to pray prayers that say, break me, Lord, lead me, Lord, Use me, Lord. These prayers are challenging, but today may be the most challenging of them all. Today, we are headed to the garden, the garden of Gethsemane, with Jesus to learn how to pray a prayer of surrender. Today's reading comes from Matthew 26, verses 36 to 46. So if you have your Bibles or your Bible apps, I would encourage you to open with me as I read. And the word says, Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be grieved and agitated. Then he said to them, I am deeply grieved, even to death. Remain here and stay awake with me. And going a little farther, he threw himself on the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible... Let this cup pass from me, yet not what I want, but what you want. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping, and he said to Peter, So could you not stay awake with me one hour? Stay awake and pray that you may not come into the time of trial. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, he went away for the second time I prayed, and he prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. Again, again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words. Then he came to the disciples and, and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? See, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Would you pray with me? Jesus, thank you. Thank you for showing us what surrender looks like. Lord, we're praying that the Holy Spirit would be poured out on this place today and that each person would receive an action step of faith, a step of surrender. We love you, Lord. Amen. We all want to live lives that are blessed. For some of us, we think the blessed life looks like having many possessions or having a really nice house or having really great health. But I'm here to tell you that in God's kingdom, a blessed life looks like a life of surrender. Today, my goal is to communicate that strength comes from 
surrender. Here's how we are going to define surrender today. Surrender is letting go of what we think is best for what God says is best. Surrender really isn't a popular term to use in 2023. We have places like Burger King that say, you can have it your way, but that's not how it works in God's kingdom. If we want to follow Jesus, we have to constantly surrender what we think is best for what God says is best. Surrender admits that there is a greater authority than you. Surrender admits that you are not in control. Surrender admits that you may not have all of the information. Surrender admits that you might not know what is best. Surrender doesn't always look like sunshine and rainbows. All we have to do is look to the life of Jesus and see that surrender meant that Jesus had to give up his own life to be killed. But he did that so you and I could have full restoration, full reconciliated, it's a hard word, relationship with God through Jesus' life, his death, and his resurrection. In other words, Jesus' strength came from his surrender. The problem is we often do not surrender and we try to do it ourselves. And we do this because we think that we know best. Especially when it comes to our kids, we are not willing to surrender. Surrender when it comes to our kids looks like a weakness. But I'm here to tell you today that there is someone who loves your kids and the kids in our community more than you do. God knew your kid's name when they were in their mother's womb. God knew how many hairs were on their head when they were still in the womb. God loves your kids more than you could ever could. And God is asking you to live a life of surrender. When we live out what surrender means, God gets to decide what is best, and we do not. Now, let's go back to Jesus. Before Jesus is in the garden, Jesus has dinner with his disciples, and it's their last dinner. Jesus knows that he's about to be handed over and to be beaten and to be killed. And he gives his disciples bread and wine, and he says, drink this and eat this in remembrance of me. Jesus knows that hard days are coming, and he wanted to encourage his disciples that he is with them. The spiritual discipline of remembering is the first step of surrender. When we remember what God has done for us in the past, it encourages us, encourages us to take a step of faith again that God had moved in the past and God can be trusted to do it again. The first step of surrender is to remember. Jesus then heads to the garden and he is extremely troubled. To this point in Jesus' life, Jesus was the strong one. And maybe you relate to that because in your family, you are the strong one. But Jesus had conversations with people who didn't understand what he was saying. But instead of being angry with them, he was patient towards them and gave them grace and remained strong. For others, there are people who wanted to kill Jesus for the things that he was saying. 
But Jesus remained the strong one, and he used his wisdom to disarm them. Maybe you'll relate to this. Jesus even had family tension. Jesus had tension with his mother and with his brothers. But in that, Jesus remains the strong one. But now here in the garden, Jesus is a mess. New Testament scholar N.T. Wright says this. Oh, I lost it. Good thing I have written down. Jesus had looked into the darkness and seen the grinning faces of all of the demons in the world looking back at him. And he begged his father not to bring him to the point of going through with it. He prayed the prayer he taught the disciples to pray. Don't let us be brought into the time of testing, the time of deepest trial. And the answer was no. Surrender says that we trust God even when the answer is no. Maybe you're like me and you struggle with surrendering your plans for God's plans. I gave my life to Jesus when I was a sophomore in college. I went to Bluffton University to play college football, even though I'm an average athlete. And my plan consisted of playing sports and earning a business administration degree. And when I graduated, I would maybe do human resources because I like people and they would pay me a lot of money and I might move back home so that I could be closer to my friends, closer to the fam- my family, and maybe become a Cleveland Browns season ticket holder. <laughs> yeah, that was my plan. But then something happened. Jesus happened, and as I started to grow in my faith, I could feel God was pushing me away from playing college football. God was pushing me away from the idea of working in the business world as my career, and he was pulling me towards getting involved in my university's campus ministry team to grow in my faith, and he was pulling me towards using my summers at a Christian church camp to encourage and inspire the next generation of Jesus followers. I knew that if I made the choice to quit playing football, that it would change everything for me. It would change my friends. It would change my schedule. It would change my relationship with the university. And the only thing that I had is that I could feel in my spirit that this is what God wanted me to do. My first step of action was to remember. I had to remember that God made a way for me to go to college because for a minute, that wasn't gonna be the reality and I was gonna be able to go and I didn't know where I was gonna go. But God placed me there and he made a way for me to be able to go to college. I had to remember the family reconciliation that my, de- that my um, family went through before I went to college. We were divided and we were reconciled together. I had to remember when God had moved in the past and that encouraged me that God could be trusted. Now, this is what faith is. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Even if we have no evidence that things are going to be okay, we can trust that God is who God says God is. The first step of surrender is to remember. Now, let's go to Jesus in the garden. The scripture says that Jesus was deeply troubled and he went away to pray. 
His first prayer can be found in verse 39, and it reads, My Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not what I want, but what you want. Jesus then goes to the disciples and comes back again to pray, and he says, My Father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. After going back to the disciples again, Jesus goes back again to pray a third time, and the author Matthew writes, He went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words. So what about you? How often do your prayers end with your will be done? Maybe you're like me and you're guilty that your prayers often don't end with your will be done. Maybe your prayer is like, God, here is how I need you to move. Here is what I need in my life. My family needs you. They need you. I need, need, need. Amen. But God is not a genie in a bottle. God is not a vending machine where you simply get to choose what you want. What happens normally is that we will pray for the things that we want. And if God does not do them, we will go ahead and do it ourselves because we love control. And we love control because we feel like we ultimately know what is best. But when you take control, when you want the control and you're not living a life of surrender, Jesus asks you a question. And it's the same question that he asked Peter. Who do you say that I am? And if you believe that Jesus is the savior of the world who was and is and is to come, he is asking that you submit yourself to his authority. This is known as surrender. The Bible says that your father knows your needs before you even ask them. Before we even ask, God knows what we need and God is sure to give us what we need, but on God's timing, not yours. A prayer that ends with your will be done is a prayer that acknowledges that there is a greater authority than you. A prayer that ends with your will be done is a prayer that acknowledges that you are not in control. A prayer that ends with your will be done is a prayer that acknowledges that you may not have all of the information. A prayer that ends with your will be done is a prayer that acknowledges that you might not know what's best. For the most of my life, I was the Lord of my life, not Jesus. Control was something that I wanted because I felt like I knew what was best. But shortly after my baptism in college, I found a spiritual mentor who met with me weekly, who encouraged me, who taught me what it meant to follow Jesus. And one of the first lessons my mentor taught me was to follow Jesus is to surrender control. If Jesus is the Lord of your life, you must surrender what you think is best for what God says is best. My mentor knew the struggles with making the choice to quit playing college football. He knew how it would change every aspect of my life. So what my mentor did is that he sat alongside me and we prayed together that God's will would be done in this situation and that ultimately God's will would be done in my life and God's will would be done in his too.
The first step of surrender is to remember. The second step of surrender is to end your prayers with your will be done. The last step of surrender is to put into practice whatever God has asked you to do. After Jesus finishes his emotional prayers at the garden, he knows that Judas is on his way to hand him over to be beaten and to be killed. Jesus could have chosen to run away, to hide, to fight those who were coming to arrest him. But Jesus submits himself to the will of the Father and says in Matthew 26, verse 54, but then how would the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen this way? But this has all taken place that the writings of the prophets may be fulfilled. Some of us here today are struggling to put into practice the things that God is asking you to do. For some of you, you feel God pulling you to take that new job, but that job makes less money. And when you make more money, you believe the illusion that you are actually in control. God is asking you to surrender. For others of you, you are in a bad relationship. You know the person that you are dating is not the one for you. They are not pursuing after God, and they don't treat you right. But fear is holding you back. You might be saying to yourself, maybe this is the only person for me. God is asking you to surrender. For others of you, you can feel God pulling you into the life of the church, to give your life to the Lord, to start serving, to do whatever, but fear holds you back. God is asking you to surrender and to put into practice what he has asked you to do. Here's the thing about God. God tells us to do hard things sometimes. Are you willing to do hard things for God? If so, you have to surrender. Surrender admits that there is a greater authority than you. Surrender admits that you are not in control. Surrender admits that you may not have all of the information. Surrender admits that you might not know what's best. After many wrestling matches with God, I finally surrendered and I made the choice to quit playing college football, which changed everything for me. It changed my friends, it changed my schedule, it changed um, my relationship with the university, it changed everything. And when I would look at my old teammates as I walked past, they wouldn't even say hi to me because they felt I had abandoned them. This is one of the hardest choices that I had to make. Everything in my life was about to change. And all that I had was the confidence that this is what God wanted me to do. This is what it means to surrender. Surrender means that God knows best and we do not. So I'm here to today to encourage you and to tell you that God is always faithful to his promises and God can be trusted. On the other side of making that really hard choice, the choice to quit playing college football, some of the greatest things happened in my life. I started to get involved in my university's campus ministries. 
to help me grow in my faith. And by the time that I was a senior, I was a part of a team who oversaw all the spiritual life activities on our university's campus. I also, in that season, uh, discovered my passion for youth ministry. In the summers, I would go and I would spend my time as, um, a, as, a, as a camp counselor at a place called Camp Luz in Orville, Ohio. And maybe the most significant thing that happened in my life after I made that really hard choice is that shortly after, I met the love of my life, Amber, and we started dating, right? That's crazy. What I realized is that if we want to follow Jesus, we have to surrender what we think is best for what God says is best. Here's a long story short. I graduated in Bluffton University in 2019 with a business administration major and a youth ministry minor. My first job out of college was a part-time, 20-hour-a-week position here at Gingensburg Church doing children's ministry. Four years later, I'm standing on this stage, and I'm the Gingensburg Kids director. And I'm here to encourage you and to lift up Jesus that he is faithful to his promises. God can be trusted. God asks us to do hard things sometimes. Are you willing to do hard things for Jesus? If so, you have to live a life of surrender. The first step of surrender is to remember. The second step of surrender is to end your prayers with your will be done. And the final step of surrender is to put into practice whatever God has asked you to do. Surrender is hard, but there is strength in surrender. To follow Jesus, we have to surrender all areas of our lives. And parents, this week, you are going to send your kids back to school, or maybe you sent them back to school last week, and you are gripped with anxiety and with fear. You're scared for your kid's safety. You're, you're scared for your kid's development. You are handing your beloved into the hands of people whom you might not know, and that could be very scary. God is asking you to surrender because he loves your kids more than you love your kids. And there's others of you who are starting a homeschooling journey this week, or maybe you started last week, and you're experiencing feelings of anxiety or inadequacy. God is asking you to surrender. And others of you are foster parents, and as your kids are going to school, you're concerned because you want your kids to to make lifelong, life-changing relationships. And you want to put them in a place where they can grow into the people that God created them to be. If that's you, God is asking you to surrender. Surrender can feel like a word we want to avoid because that means staying quiet in the corner and trusting that God is going before you and is making a way for you and your kids. You might be asking yourself, what if I don't like the plans that God has for my kid? Am I a bad parent because I want to shield my kid from all of the dangerous, hard things in the world? No, you're a great parent. But there is one who loves your kids more than you do. One who knew their name when they were in their womb. One who knows how many hairs are on their head. 
God is asking you to surrender your beloved. And I'll surrender with you. My wife, Amber, is a high school English teacher. And this week, she starts her, I think, sixth year of teaching. And I experience fear for her safety. And every morning, I pray that she returns safely to me. So let's do this together. And let's lay our fears and our anxieties at the cross of Jesus. And let's receive the peace that passes all understanding. The only peace that can be received from God. Parents, your strength is in your surrender. The last thing that I want to say is to all the kids who are going back to school, right? Maybe you started school last week or maybe you're starting this week. God also wants you guys to live a life of surrender. What God might be asking you to surrender is surrendering who you sit with at the lunch table. Maybe you, you and your friends all have the same lunch period together, but you see there's a kid at a table and he's sitting by himself. He maybe doesn't have any friends. Maybe he just moved here and he doesn't know anybody. God is asking you to surrender and to go make a new friend. For others of you, you're about to go back to college, which is so scary. It's so scary. It's a new place. You don't know anybody. I, I, I understand. I get that. And I want to leave you with a couple tidbits of advice. One, I want you to believe that God has placed you here for such a time as this. You are not at this university or at this school by accident, but God has placed you there, and wherever you are, you are on mission. One more piece of advice for those people who are going to college. Don't come home every single weekend. Your parents may be mad at me for saying that. But really immerse yourself into the community in which you are living. Get plugged into a local church. And don't just go to church. Go and be the church. Get involved. Start serving. And that'll be a natural way for you to make community, to find community, and to grow into the person that God created you to be. God is writing a beautiful story of redemption in all of our hearts. No matter if you're a kid, if you're a teen, if you're a parent, if you're a grandparent, guardian, God is writing a beautiful story of redemption in your heart, and he's asking you to surrender to him. The first step of surrender is to remember. The second step of surrender is to end your prayers with your will be done. The third step of surrender is to put into practice whatever God has asked you to do. So what do you say, church? These kids, these teens, they need us. They need spiritual mothers and fathers to walk alongside them, people who are going to pray with them, people who are going to help mold them into the people that they were created to be. We need your help. I need your help. So what do you say, church? Let's work together so that all of the kids in our area can experience faith, family, and food. Amen. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's message. I've got two invitations for you before you go. First, subscribe to our podcast so it shows up in your feed every week. And if today's message inspired you and you would like more people to hear it, you can give a financial gift through the Gingosburg app or online at gingosburg.org.